Welcome here to an all-new edition of Two Mics No Filter on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Two Mics, why? Because of Andrea Smith and myself, Dan Tortora. No filter because, well, we never have one. So happy to be here with you and always excited to have my co-host here. Andrea, how are you? I am good. I am good. Happy to be here, obviously, always. And it is our first official broadcast of 2023 as we rang in the new year with people and our our new year conversation that we had was one of our most watched and appreciated shows it was a very quickly responded to which i thought was great oh that's awesome yeah it feels like i just talked to you so it it feels like we talked since then yeah we do we do keep in touch we kept we were talking during the college football playoff about your picks and your scores and I was yeah. outrageously wrong. Yeah, you were. I was. Yeah, you were. Yeah. <laughs> I have to say, I have very uneducated guesses. And if you follow some of my posts from Instagram, if I ever jump into his posts to the to the listeners or the viewers, I am extremely uneducated on this subject. However, I like to make guesses. Yeah, and and I like I like your guesstimations. I did like the fact that when you made NFL picks, you just circled over my circles, but you did go you did go opposite on a few things. So I did. It's just based on who I like more. Yeah. You I know mean, what I mean? The most important thing to me is that you pick the teams that you know off the air that I'll I'll shut your mic off if you don't pick them. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I would like to go back to this after the weekend and see who was right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's always good to do stuff like that and to see, you know, who has the right stuff. But and that's new kids on the block. But I do want to let you know that because I said the right stuff, you get it. Okay, I get it now. Hey, you know, I just saw them in concert. You just saw new kids. Really? I did. You know, do you know that I spent three hundred over three hundred dollars? I had a friend talk me into it. And it was one of those things where you buy it nine months in advance and you're like hoping that they forget and they sell the ticket. So we went to new kids on the block. Let me tell you something. They performed with Rick Astley, I think in Vogue, um, who, oh, salt and pepper. Okay. By the way, I'm a huge fan. Like I can beat anybody in karaoke for any salt and pepper song ever. So I was excited about that, to be honest. But anyway, we had the best time. We had the best time, but it was fun fact. It was the very first concert I ever went to as a kid. New Kids on Block. My first was Backstreet Boys, 14 years old. Oh, really? I was seven. Yeah, I went to see Backstreet Boys, and then I ended up working concerts. I worked BB King's, which had like a ton of, I was like 13 different people or groups there. BB King, I worked, this is the crazy thing. I worked country concerts when I didn't like country. So I was around all this stuff for free, not even knowing who I was around. I had Tim McGraw, Faith Hill, Brooks and Dunn, Kenny Chesney, Reba McIntyre's farewell tour, when I would told everybody she wasn't actually leaving because she didn't, but I had, I had so many of them and I had journey, which I love because I had journey. I had Britney Spears twice and I had Christina Aguilera. And to this day, this is the only thing I remember. Christina Aguilera came to Syracuse. She said she was sick or she wasn't here. Lies. She was at hotel Syracuse. She didn't do the concert. And she screwed a bunch of people out of their tickets and she screwed me out of a paycheck the last day. Oh my God. Cause they didn't pay us cause she didn't show up. So 
I do. I do remember that about Christina Aguilera. I hope she's better about. I mean, it's it. And listen, things happen. Maybe she was partying. I, I don't know what the heck happened yeah. in her life. But you know, I'm not here to say that people don't make mistakes because I do too. I just remember that Britney showed up, Christina didn't, and it was unfortunate. But I've seen some. I saw Goo Goo Dolls. That was probably oh, you know. I just went and saw them. You know, I just saw them. I've seen them twice, but I actually just went to the one in in St. Augustine a few months ago. That was one of the best concerts that I. I didn't think it was going to be as good as it was. And I remember I was like going back and forth, like, should I go? Am I going to go? Am I not going to go? And I decided to go to Goo Goo Dolls at uh, in Syracuse. And it was hands down one of the best live performances I've ever seen. Yeah, I loved it. I'm a huge, um, I, I, I can't say closet fan because everybody knows I'm a fan, but I, you know, I'm definitely like more like that Iris uh, album time frame. But I, it was, it was excellent. My, a girl I know, and I went to it just a few months ago and then we had such a good time together. It's the first time her and I like hung out and we ended up uh, buying tickets to Carrie Underwood, which is coming in a few weeks here, which I've seen Carrie Underwood before a couple times, but I love a good concert. So yeah. Carrie Underwood is the, she's the one, like any singer or group that I've seen the most she has the record for me personally. I've seen her three times. Yeah, I have two, I think. And 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 by the way, and you know, shout out, you know, she's she's married, she's happy and all that stuff. If if I could, you know, we talk about a southern belle who's oh, got her. country accent and just everything about yeah, if I could put Carrie Underwood in a bottle and make another one, I would. <laughs> so. I think you and a lot of people would do that. So, but when I if met you, her, if I you actually... somebody that's awkward, I might be like, "Wow, this is." Let's explore this. But the fact that you pick somebody that's like so loved and good looking, it's like there's really nothing to explore there because I mean, if I was going to go the other way, I might bottle her up. You know what I mean? What did you want me to say? Like, oh, I really think Casey Anthony is pretty. <laughs> I mean, now that was that's something we would need to unpack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we would for sure. That felt weird coming out. It hurt my stomach. Did you watch that documentary? I did not. I think I was in. She was the one in Florida, right? Yeah, Orlando. Yeah. So I was living in Orlando when that case was going on. And somebody said something to me. They were like, you realize you could have driven by her on the street. And I'm like, ew. That's so it's so creepy. And I also at the old radio station I was at in Orlando, there was a guy hiding from the cops that had gone downtown and shot a bunch of people at his old place of business. He was hiding in a storage unit across from the radio station that I was at. It wasn't and, a place the uh, the nightclub shooting, was it? No, it was before. That. OK. And so that happened. And then I came out of work at that radio station a different time. And when I came out that day. There, it was so weird because it was the morning and I was doing yeah. a show on Sunday morning and I was like half out of it. And I get in my car and there's a cement divider, cars coming this way, cars coming that way. And there's a light right in front of the radio station. So I come out, I make a right, I'm waiting at the light and my, and I looked and I saw this Mustang go by on the wrong side of the road past me. And I remember looking at it, but everything was so weird. And I went, why is he in that? Oh, that is, why is he in that lane? Oh, he's not in that. That's the other side of the road. Then he jumped over the thing, jumped over the, the cement divide. And he was getting chased by cop cars flying toward the airport. And I never found out what that was about. 
So I Googled that. Welcome to Florida. <laughs> yeah, that was that was quite a setup for us to not know what happened. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was I wanted to bring you all the way there to be like, yeah, yeah I went yeah. home and I went to Disney. But uh yeah, I thought you were gonna like tell me, oh my god, and then it goes into X, but we didn't. Yeah. So okay. It was OJ's second race. No, but uh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so a lot of fun things have happened in the great state of Florida in my time down there. But hopefully, you know, positive things for people. No more car chases. But when you see a car on the wrong side of the road go by you at a light and you're thinking, I'm stopped, shouldn't he be stopped? Oh, he's on that side. So they because this is what my head thought. I went, Well, I'm stopped. Why isn't he stopped? Oh, he's on the other side of the road. Maybe they can go. Well, he's on the other side of the road going the same way that you're going, Dan. Oh, then that's probably somebody doing something wrong. That was what my brain had to go through, my timeline of what yeah. is happening, why is it happening, and right. then trying to make sure that like it's reality and you're not just seeing it. Right. Because one thing I want to talk to you about this morning, and I want to talk to you about it because it happened to me last night. I have vivid dreams, some of them great, some of them terrifying, but they're so vivid that I wake up with the actual feeling that something horrible is about to happen or it just happened. Have you ever been with, and I feel like more of my vivid dreams are terrifying than they're not. Have you ever been in a dream where you're inside of it and you're kind of awake enough consciously to be like, oh my God, is this actually happening? Yeah, I actually have this reoccurring dream. This is super weird. And I haven't had it in a while. Thank God, because it is terrifying. For whatever reason, it's terrifying. When I wake up, I'm like in like a massive panic. I have this dream. It, I lived in a different house, you know, just a year ago. We, we've only been in this house a year. And my best friend and I have, I'm embarrassed to say it. We have hidden a body. Okay. In my dream, we've hidden a body. Okay. And at my last house, the ground was really wet. Like every time it would rain, it would dip down a little bit. And we were constantly arguing with the builder about they needed to build up the ground and all these things. Yeah. So it's ironic because in this dream, we buried the body in that area of the wetness. And so the dream is really that every time it rains, that the body starts to come up to the surface, that bones are being found, whatever. Yeah. So I've had it probably, I don't even know how many times I've had the dream because it, it's just, but it's horror. It's horrifying. Cause it's like, I'm going to prison. I'm going to jail for my, the rest of my life, like whatever. And the last time I had it, it was probably just a few months ago. It was like, we'd moved on with our life, very fried green tomatoes, by the way. Um, but it's like, we've moved on with our life, whatever. And then all of a sudden somebody else is living in the house and digs up one of the bones. And it's like, now we're trying to figure out like, how are we going to you know, hide that, like whatever. So yes, to answer your question, I have a very weird recurring dream and I do wake up in a panic every single time. It feels so real. And you somehow brought me in a very crazy way, full circle that you are Casey Anthony in this story. <laughs> <laughs> That's horrible. That's horrible. It's a man that I killed, not a kid. All right. Please. So, well, apparently- it's a man though. I just don't know who it is, which is really weird. Didn't Casey I don't know who it is. Not kill- wasn't she acquitted? She was. Yeah. And I can't imagine how that was possible, but you know, I don't know. Sometimes the justice system doesn't make any sense, but watch the documentary and then let's follow up on this one too. Yeah, we should follow I think up. it's on Peacock. I'm not laughing at what Casey Anthony did. I was laughing at. No, what... no, no. I know. But I want you to watch the documentary and then we can follow up on that. So on that conversation. I'm going to tell you about the dream I had last night. Okay. 
Okay. Cause it's fresh. And for some odd reason, when I'm in a dream sequence and something fantastic is happening to me, can't remember. It's never fresh. Right. But you I'm forget gonna, it. I'm gonna give you two parts. I had two dreams last night. I'm gonna give okay. you okay. I'm gonna give you the scary one first, so then we can get happy about it later. And that'll actually segue us into other things we're gonna talk about today. Okay. So my my terrifying and good dream actually work together to bring us through today's broadcast. The terrifying dream. I am so I w- I've been watching Titans, which is a, a DC show on HBO Max. And I love the show. I've been binge watching it, watching a ton of episodes. So okay. in Titans, there's a character who plays Superboy. And the actor that plays him, the guy in my dream was somebody that I was like roommates with. And so just to paint this picture for those of you that have seen Titans, I'm I'm in I'm living in a house with this guy, but I think I'm visiting. Like he's we're we were like estranged roommates. Like we're, we're not as close. I, I felt like we weren't as close. And I think he was dating somebody at the time. Okay. And so, so she's not in the house. We're there. The front of his house is all glass. And I'm walking to the front and I see a UFO fly by in okay. the air, turn sideways, fly by. Well, I see it farther away, go. And I try to tell myself it's nothing. Then he sees it a different way. And I'm like, oh my God. And then it goes through, it go, it like goes to its side. It's a disc. It goes to its side, flies by, comes back, looks, then it lands. Then all of a sudden, all these like white vehicles show up. They park. We're staring at this thing. I see a dog running toward us. Then the dog disappears. Then this alien in all black in like gear, but it also looks like somebody who could be like a ninja walks up and then it ends up being a woman and it's like it all dark but it still looks human she she turns in front of the house she looks at us she doesn't attack anything and she walks slowly by and i wake up just seeing the alien ship flip to its side and going back and forth in the clouds i woke up in the middle of the night literally i thought i heard something i went downstairs i was checking all i know i was like Dan, you're not in that house you don't know that guy. Obviously, as soon as I woke up, I knew it wasn't real, but I still felt compelled to look at the sky. Now, granted, I only looked at the sky for about a millisecond. I was like, I don't want to see something. <laughs> so, but yeah. Are you like, are you like scared of like extraterrestrial like things? I grew up with a fear of aliens. I'm not a, I don't think it's as like it was before, but it's one of the most unsettling things is not knowing what the heck it is. And in the right. way the world has been in the last couple of years, if aliens right. came down, it'd be like par for the course. So. Right, right, right. But that wow. was my vivid, vivid, vivid dream. And him and I were talking about stuff and we were just kind of sitting on the couch. And then I just like saw this thing and I'm hoping he didn't see it. Cause I was like, if I'm the only one that saw it, then I can just claim that maybe I'm tired. And right. then he came up and then we both saw this thing walk up to us and start to walk away, but it looked more human at the end. And I just woke up and I chalked it out to DC's Titans has aliens in it. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of things going on. My mind just be, might be playing tricks on me, but I feel it's funny when people tell their dreams. Cause like my mom will say to me, Oh my God, I have the weirdest dream. And she's super funny about like superstitions. Like, so she taught me when I was a kid, don't tell your dream unless you've eaten breakfast first or it'll come true. So that's always been a thing. So she'll get in the Why car. Like, I'll look her up. <laughs> what? 
Why didn't you tell me that? Well, it's 1.30. I would have assumed you'd eaten breakfast. Oh, my Lord. Anyway, I so I pick up my mom in the car, like, say it's the morning. And she's like, hey, I got to tell you my dream. But oh, don't worry, I've eaten breakfast. Like, you know, kind of thing. But it's funny when somebody tells you their dream, they're so passionate about it. Like, whether it's good, bad, whatever. They're so passionate about their dream. And it's just such a cluster to everyone else listening. Because it's like, all these things are happening. You're like, and I don't know why. And then they did this. And then I don't know why they did this, but this happened. And then like the person listening is like, huh? You know, <laughs> but it feels so real. It felt real to me. So now I'm going to tell you my other dream. Okay. Same night, different dream. Okay. So my other dream is, <laughs> and I don't, I guess I don't mind saying, I don't mind saying this. So there's a girl that I dated over a year ago. And this has happened to me twice where I really should have known that this girl had a sister. I should have been given all the information before I dated her because I would have tried to date the sister. So this happened to me years ago. And then this girl last year, she was like crazy extreme into her religion to the point where like everybody's going to die and all this horrible stuff. And she had said a lot of things to me that made no sense. And she was just like in and out of like, I want to be in the relationship. I don't want to be in it. She was I think you and I have probably talked about there's a lot of jokes in my comedy that come from this relationship. So I so we were we were talking initially and she showed me pictures and she has two sisters. And I was like, oh, okay. So she's showing me all these pictures, but there's a sister that she never talked about. And then I did some digging on online on social media and I found this person in her pictures with her and I go, I think that's her other sister, but she never talked about her. So she talked about this, that, whatever, all my family, da, da, da. and she kept showing me this sister. But then I said something to her like, oh, what about your other sister? Like, what's her name? And she told me and I said something like, why don't you ever talk about her? And she didn't say much. Well, fast forward into dating this girl. She's extreme, like out of her mind to the point where it's like abusive the way she is with her so-called religion, which I don't think is religion at all. And I meet her sister. Her sister is more normal. Like a family function? So she lives with her sister. So she doesn't talk about her sister that she lives with. Right. And the whole point of this that I kept thinking was it's because she's, she's probably afraid because her sister is gorgeous. Absolutely. Not that she wasn't pretty, but her sister is just like, you know, Well, like, well, it's probably happened at some point where, you know, she's, and she's probably been burned in the past. Yeah. Like normal. So, yeah. so I meet her sister and I'm talking to her sister. I give her sister a hug and I'm just like, oh, geez. And so we start talking, we get to know each other. She's been through some of the same stuff that I've been through in relationships. We're like more normal. She's really into Marvel, which I never would have thought of her that way so we're talking about all these things we're having these conversations to the point where like the girl i'm dating her sister doesn't even need to be there and she doesn't even like the stuff i like so here her sister likes the stuff i like we're getting along we have similar like trauma stuff that we had been through so we make a lot of sense together then we come to this point where we're all standing in a church parking lot and my girlfriend's having a really awkward conversation with a priest that's young because i feel like she had a thing it's just weird So she's talking to him and her sister is standing in front of us. And I looked at her. I go, I have no idea what this is about. She goes, yeah, it's like, whatever. It's like a little weird. She goes to leave and she says to the girl I'm dating, her sister, she goes, she's like, I'll see you back at the house. And then she goes, and you, and she looks right at me and she stands in front of me like she really needed to say something. 
And it was when I had first met her very early on in my relationship with her sister. And she's like, you know what? Never mind. And I went, what? And then her sister was like, no, say it. And she goes, no, no, I'm not gonna. And I'm sitting here in my head going like, was she getting a vibe that I was getting? And did she feel compelled to say something at the time? So here, so fast forward over a year, here's my dream last night. I walk into a house. She's in front of me. I knock on the door. She's there. Her sister's there, but I can't see her sister that I dated. I come up behind her and she leans into me and we're just kind of like there with each other. We're talking and we're kind of like being affectionate but in like a very subtle way. And then she turns around and we're both like behind a chair. And she looked at me and she goes, are we doing this? Like, are we going to jump right in? And she said, well, you know what? She said, if this works out, it's great. But if it doesn't, like you can't, like my family will kill you because you've, you've now been a part of both of our lives, but I didn't do anything to her sister. So I just remember saying to her right before I woke up, Hey, remember when we were talking at that church and you were about to say something to me? Was this what yeah. you wanted to say? And I woke up before she answered me. So going into that for a second, do you have a current connect? Like, are you, are you, ta- are, are you uh, communicating with this person? No, because when her sister and I broke up, right. I had, I had felt like, I'm trying to force something to work with somebody it doesn't work with. But if I had met her sister first, I would have a hundred percent, you know, tried that. And so I kind of just very like platonically kindly just was having conversation. And she thought I was trying to get information about her sister after we had broken up, which I never even asked about her. And she's like, out of respect for her, like, I can't talk to you. And I thought it was really rude and and kind of crazy that she thought I was even looking for information. So I just like deleted her off of my off of my social media, blocked it. And then she tried to come back on and kept trying to go on my story. And she tried to like connect with me again. And then I just kept saying to myself, and I've literally said this for over a year. I got along with the whole family. Her parents loved me mm-hmm. and we would have worked. We would have definitely had a better shot at working out. But there's no way that I could find to even get her to entertain talking to me without, I don't know, her feeling bad that I dated her right. sister. So Is she single? I think so. Is her sister single still? I have no, I have no idea. Maybe give it a little bit more time and then reach out. So maybe it's been enough time. But I don't, you're, you're dreaming about it. But I don't even know how to reach out because she won't talk to me. Well, I can tell you this much, unless you try, (laughs) you're not going to get there. So unless you reach out and she says, like, I'm not going to talk to you. Like, if she's still looking at your story and stuff. Yeah, but that was a while ago that she did that. I don't know if she, I don't think she's done that at all since. I got a friend request from her like a month ago and then it disappeared. Really? Like, I literally got a friend request and I went. I think I was on a plane. I was like, am I losing my mind? So you, didn't, you didn't accept it and then she denied it because you didn't accept it? No, I, I I think I saw it. And then I don't know if I accepted it or I was going to accept it, but I saw it pop up. And then I went to like hers. You have to like she has to approve if you ask her. But mine is public. 
Are you, so, talking, are you, talking, about, are you talking about on Instagram? Yeah. Hmm. So it was like, she had been on the story a few times because I felt like the way that I kind of backed away was that I thought she was really rude about her sister. And I, and I was in a mood at that point where I was like, you know what? If you think that I'm doing this to get in touch about your sister, like you don't really know who I am. So I just backed well, away. No, she doesn't because she's not the one who dated you. Right. But my thing is like, she's so different from her sister and she fit me. And right, she- but, Right, but that's a messy, messy, messy situation right. for her to be in. So right. like, I can see where- But I would totally I fit in with that family. <laughs> yeah, like I can see where she'd be like a little bit whatever, but you could always just, you know, try to follow her and see if she approves. Yeah. My my whole th- and the and the thing that's crazy is their other sister who like I just built a friendship with, no attraction or anything, just built a good friendship with her. She has followed my story almost every single day over a year after we had broken up and their mom still follows a bunch of my stuff too so I mean, it's I, like i follow a lot of people from my past but it's like but the family still is yeah. like, you know and the thing about like her family is is i really did fit like with the mom and the dad like they wanted me to be in the family i just oh. dated the wrong sister so <laughs> but the thing is is like it's not my fault i dated the wrong sister i didn't know all the information <laughs> but uh true, true. well Here's the thing. If you do not reach out to her, you're not going to know. So, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, I always just let that moment pass you by. And I you don't think it was meant to be. Then God would have had the two of us like bump into each other at some point. Okay. 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 Meant to be meant to be. That's a great subject. Yeah, meant to be. Well, I just feel like if it was something that was supposed to happen, then wouldn't we like cross paths at some point? Okay. 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 This is again, this whole meant to be thing about, if it was meant to be, da 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 da. Yeah. Well, it's like saying like if it was meant to be, I would meet somebody at X, Y, and Z place, but I only like to sit on the couch. So how is that going to happen? Will God deliver it to my front door? No, God will not. Yeah. It's the same as manifesting. You can manifest all day about yeah. all the great things that you want out of your life, and they're already there for you. But you also have to do the work. True. I actually just read read something about this, and I'm going to repost it. <laughs> No, but it's like, you know, I thought about it and now I just, you know, it's, it's just, it's never left my mind. Like from when we broke, like when I broke up, like her sister and I broke up, it's still like stuck on my mind. It's been, it's been like almost two years and I'm like, why is this on my mind anymore? I don't get it. Well, then you have to reach out. So, but you have to reach out. That's the answer. You have to reach out. How do you even navigate that? Do you want me to reach out? what are you gonna say <laughs> gonna i'm gonna like, say hey if hey, you want to listen no i'm gonna say you should listen to this episode it's all about you and what do you think has it been long enough yet could you date my friend dan <laughs> could you go to dinner how about coffee let me let me ask you this when is it ever okay to date the sister or brother of somebody that you've dated it's a tough one it's probably never okay to be honest with you however However, I am a believer that sometimes mm-hmm. things happen and you cannot deny a connection when it's so strong. So while there's a lot of people that would be hurt in the situation, especially if it had happened right away, right? 
but given time, I mean, stranger things have happened. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of stories where so-and-so and so-and-so are married, but you find out, well, he actually met her because a long time ago he dated her. And then, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, I, it's not uncommon. It can happen in a movie. Well, it, and on it, reality TV. It happens on reality TV, too. Right. It happens in reality TV. But the but the question is... Think, do, hold on. Let me think. Do I know anybody? When could it ever happen in real life is, is the real question. I mean, I think it could happen today. It could happen today. We could reach out to her today. We could tag team it. We could be like, hey... <laughs> whatever your name is <laughs> we have a whole show about you and we would like to see what happens yeah and you and Humor you us. and that's the thing is let's invite her on the show let's ask her her opinion oh my <laughs> but that's but that's the thing is but it just it doesn't it's never left my brain and that's and that's what i don't understand is like why Maybe would, it is meant to be i don't know I don't feel, I feel like if it was meant to be, then she would have done something about it. You know what I mean? Can I tell you something? My what? number one phrase in life is don't talk about it, be about it. Right. Okay? But I am about it. And I try. No, you're to, not. No, you're not. You're I talking tried to about, talk to her, about I it. I tried to talk to her after the fact and she didn't give me the time of day. What, so three weeks, right? three weeks after the fact. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Maybe it was two weeks. Anyway, the point is now it's been two years. Right. And that can be different. All right. Well, you know what? You I just try to date somebody's brother or sister after one of them is scorned. Let me tell you what I just did. Okay. I just friend requested her. Leave me alone. <laughs> I, I love it. That is the energy I'm after. I did. Don't it. talk about it. Be about it. Well, you yes. know that I'm always about it. I don't talk about it. I'd be about it. That's why you and I work so well together. That's why we're great co-hosts. So well, I just I'm telling you, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a go after it. Like if you want it, go after it kind of person. Right. So I just went after it, but I don't know. I'm going to get anything from it, but I tried. I can already tell you that my reel from this show is going to start with the don't talk about it, be about it. And then you saying that you friend requested. When I make a reel <laughs> from this episode, I can tell you right now, All that's right. where it's gone. All right. I mean, listen, I tried. I'm trying. I'm, I'm giving it a shot. So I love this. We're going to follow back up with everybody on this and let you know if she accepted I don't want to. Next, no, you might be embarrassed. Um, next time we record, we're yeah. going to follow up on this one. All right. So yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe next time or the next time or the next time we record. But anywho, so but relationships. Okay, so let's get into that. Right, the murkiness of it. When 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 you get put in a position where you meet somebody, and then you meet somebody else, you know, because in this case. I really felt like I had met somebody that, you know, from the, and I should have learned my lesson from the moment that I met her sister, we just didn't click. We didn't mesh. We didn't make sense together. She was constantly trying to not be in the relationship and constantly finding things wrong with it, things wrong with me. And then you meet her sister and you just sit here and say to yourself, like, what, what am I doing? Right. And you meet her and you have all these connections with her and you're praying with her and you're talking about stuff. You're making like lists together. And I'm, and I was like looking at the girl I was dating. I was like looking at her sister while we were in the kitchen one time going like, do you see like how this is happening? Like right in front of your face, it looks like two people that organically are just making sense where we tried to force this to make sense. And the reality of it all is like how sad would her sister be when her sister wanted us to fail from like the first day? So, you know, 
but it was yeah. just, it was one of those things where I was like, of course, I don't seem to ever meet the right person. And then when I meet somebody that I would have loved to take a shot with, it's in the midst of me being like, oh, this is your sister that you live with that you never showed me in pictures. And now I know why. Yeah. I, you know, Not I, fair. I think I, relationships are so complicated. They really are. It's like, and I think I've said this to you before, but it's like to think that there's one person in this whole world out there for you is just, yeah. When I was a kid, like that made sense because that's what Disney portrays and all those things, right? But to think there's so many people in this world and that you're supposed to like pull through the needle in the haystack and find them. Like how yeah. how is that? I just, that doesn't even make sense to me. So I think often people get in relationships like the one you were in where it's just nothing is going right, but you stay in the relationship for some reason, because I think ultimately, and we've talked about this, ultimately, everybody wants the same thing. They want that white picket fence life, you know, long, long term. Yeah. And I think my entire twenties were spent with people that when I thought that they were so wonderful or whatever, like they were meeting somebody else, you know what I mean? Like it was like, the next day, it felt like the moment, you know, the moment I was really settled in the relationship, it felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath me. I think in every single relationship I ever had, you know, I don't think I ever had until like, until I got married and, and you know, with Josh, whatever, I don't think I ever had a guy that I felt like really chose me. Like in the beginning they did, but then they meet somebody else in well, the midst of the relationship. They meet somebody else. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's the thing is, you know, I've, I've stayed, you know, I stayed true in the relationships, even when that, you know, even when see my biggest thing, and I've said this before on the show is that I knew to leave and I didn't, I didn't want to hurt people. Oh my God, what if I leave and it ends up being the right person? So, you know, I got left. I a lot of people have felt that way, especially men. Right. So I got, I got left, you know, pretty much all the time because I was in these relationships where I wouldn't go. And then in the last one I was in, I left quietly, but I left. Like, I just kind of was like, you know what? This person doesn't deserve to see my face. They don't deserve to hear my voice. They don't deserve me yelling and swearing and getting all types of angry. So I'm just going to back away. And I felt really hollow in doing that because what you realize, and you and I talk about this all the time, when you back away from somebody, you really realize if they care. Because when I backed away- hurts when they don't. Oh yeah, because I backed away from all kinds of abuse, all kinds yeah. of neglect, all kinds of silencing, all this craziness. I backed away and I didn't even get one, hello, how yeah. are you? Are you dead? Are you okay? Right nothing. And, and what that showed me was the way that they were treating me in the relationship that I didn't like the evil that they had was only getting worse. And to just beat up somebody over and over and over again and leave that person bloody on the ground. And then when that person finally gets up, wipes the blood off their face and, and, and walks away that you don't even hand them a towel and say, Hey, I'm sorry, I made you bleed. But this is what I learned. And this is what I said to myself. And I've said it to other people. Why do you expect somebody at the end of your relationship to spontaneously be a good person when the whole reason why you're not in the relationship is because they're not. Right. And everything that she did to me leading right. up to me walking away showed me that she was nothing like me. And I couldn't even fathom any of the stuff that I couldn't even think up the stuff that she had done to me. So 
I was expecting grace and kindness and morality at the end when this is someone who cheated, lied, drove me nuts, enjoyed it. And at the end of many months of abuse, basically said to me, like, I've been playing games with you this whole time. So why would you expect that person to turn around and say, oh, you know what? I'm going to be a good person today when the whole reason why you're not in the relationship is because they're not good. They weren't good. And yeah, I, don't I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people, when they walk away from a relationship like that, there's this hope that the other person is going to say, you know, I'm sorry. I regret it. I shouldn't have treated you that way. I want you back. All these things. And I think that ultimately when you, when you leave a relationship with that mentality, you're not leaving for the right reason. Like you're actually leaving with the hope of you or the expectation of a, a different result, right? It's like that insanity thing. You keep doing the same thing over and over. Like you're yeah. not going to get a different result. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because I think that's the part that hurts the most is you have this hope that if you walk away, that something will change. And when it doesn't, it's like, it's like the depths of despair, basically, you know, the healing, the grieving, when it feels like that person's not grieving the relationship at all. And here you feel like you put a lot into it. And then, you know, you walk away with a different mentality of the self-love side of things like, Hey, I'm leaving because I know I deserve better than this. So I'm out. Yeah. And you don't leave with any preconceived notions of hoping that it goes a different way. And then that's a different type of breakup. You don't have to grieve that one because you're not expecting anything different. And I think if people would start leaving on that account, especially young people, like if early 20s, early relationships that are really messy and hurtful and like kind of shape where you're going to go in the next 20 years of your life. Mm -hmm. Like if people could leave the relationship without the game of it all and hoping that something different is going to happen, they just leave because they deserve better. Yeah. I, I think their whole life would be epically changed. You know what I mean? I, th I think that, I think that the way that they look at relationships would change, but unfortunately, you know, I think relationships are what they are. And, and we're taught as human beings in books and all these other things that, hey, if you just back away for three days, he's going to change his mind. He's going to call. He's... So it's like you're leaving to teach him a lesson. It's like it doesn't work that way. And a lot of times you're grieving and you're spending a lot of energy and how you feel and all these things when the other person just doesn't care. It's like, why are you putting so much energy into somebody who they're not carrying that around? Do you think that they're walking around thinking about you all day the way you're thinking about them? No. Yeah. And that is hurtful don't get me wrong no because it's like if somebody can if somebody can leave the scene of a hit and run and not care right. about the body then right. you know why are you why are you caring about it and you know i, I think right. i think for for my experience i've learned a lot of things in a short amount of time that i didn't learn in a long amount of time i think god was trying to teach me a lot of things for over a decade and i think i'm finally learning them which is, you know, stop, ex stop expecting. Cause even if that person did turn, yeah. even if you walked away and they did turn and they apologized, it doesn't yeah. change what they've done. Right. Right. You know, you well, can, who they are. right. <laughs> and you change the fact that they, you have nothing in common from the beginning. <laughs> right. So, I mean, the person in, in my case, you could turn around and say, okay, well, you know, Dan, I'm going to appreciate you now. And I'm not going to yell at you and I'm not going to stare at the wall. It's like, yeah, but you still cheated. You still lied. You still wasted time. And you can't take that back. And, right. you know, and, and that's something that you just, when somebody crosses a line, if you allow it, there's a new line. And yeah. if they cross that line, there's a new line. And eventually you get pushed off a cliff. 
because you keep backing up. What you have to do is when that line is set, and one of my friends said this to me, he said, what she did to you is what your ex-wife did to you. And when your ex-wife cheated, you walked away. And you've known this girl for three months, and she cheated, and here you are trying to figure out how you can make it work, where you walked away from a seven-and-a-half-year relationship based on the fact that you were never going to put up with something like that. So me, why would you give it jump to in on that. Let me jump in on that. This this is not uncommon, by the way. Yeah. This is not uncommon for people to be able to walk away from certain people and not others. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you right now, from what you told me about your ex-wife and your situation, the fact that you knew the day you got married, you were never 100% all in. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So walking away from somebody that you were not all in on, you needed a reason to walk away. You know what I mean? That was it. She gave you a reason to walk away and you were able to walk, right? But I think... One thing from what you just said tells me that potentially you have a type and maybe have never had a not chaotic love. So you're constantly finding yourselves in situations or attracting people or being attracted to people that are not calm love, right? Because it doesn't feel normal to you. More chaos might feel normal to you. And I can relate to that because I was that way for a very long time. The only people I attracted were cheaters, whatever, you know, because yeah. chaos felt normal and almost where normal love feels boring because you're just not used to it. It's like, what do you mean? There's no highs. There's no lows. It's just yeah. flows. Like what? I would say I get where you're going. And I would say the type that okay so people value different things i value emotional intimacy and i also value the contact right i value telling someone how you feel but i also value showing them and in my marriage i didn't have the contact the and that's not just the in the bedroom that's like holding hands that's i remember the last time i held her hand when i reached down and i looked at her hand i went I don't remember the last time I did this. I don't remember the last time she held my hand. It must've been like a year. So, and that's not me. If you're dating me, I'm holding your hand every day. And so, cause I'm your partner. So I, I think, I think what I go after is somebody who will emotionally show you and, you know, that that physical contact, that connection, you know, put your arm in my arm when we're going to the movies. Give me a kiss in public. Don't be afraid to show people like this is my man. I'm his girl type of thing. And so the women that I date that give me that kind of get a, they kind of get a get out of jail free card. Mm -hmm. What did you just say? I said they're crazy. Right. So they give me this, <laughs> but this is the thing, this is the thing, this, and I, and I've jokingly said this to people before I go, what it like, is there a non-crazy woman who also is affectionate? Because yeah. when you have, when you have that, right, because I lacked affection in so many relationships where I chased it, including my marriage, I chased the affection when I get that affection and not like a scumbag, now, I'm not talking about like, oh, I just need sex. That's not the affection that I'm talking about. When when I seek affection that to me is connected to my soul, connected to my heart, when I bring that, when I want that and I get that, women have realized that they can use that over me and dangle it as a carrot where it's like, I'm crazy over here, 
but I'm going to sleep in bed next to you over here. Oh, I just did that. That made no sense, but I'm going to kiss you over here. And so the passion of the relationship was what I was chasing. And they were using that passion as a facade and kind of like a smoke screen from what was happening behind the screen. And what I needed to do in the beginning, what when I saw the screen was go, holy crap, I got to get out of here. But what I did was the longer I stayed, the more I got caught up in the smoke, so to speak. Well, I think it's hard when somebody gives you something that you want to like, it's really hard when somebody gives you such a connection in certain ways, but then they're horrible in other ways. It's almost like you hang on to the connection side of it because those highs are so high that it almost like overshadows the lows, which I think also could be why you have such a challenge with walking away from people like that because the highs are so high. It sounds like with your ex-wife, like it was just a lot of like, you know what I mean? Like just blah type of relationship going on. So it was easy to walk away from that because you really weren't being met in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? But when somebody, you know, and I've had that in my past too, where the highs were so high that it overshadowed how low the lows were. Yeah. And I was, it was almost like a drug, like dopamine, you know, you're constantly chasing those highs and, you know, yes, it's a bad day or they treated you bad this day. But, you know, when you can just get back to that, that high moment, you know, everything is right in the world in that moment. Yeah, you And know. those to me are the most traumatic of relationships to get out of or to recover from. Well, and it's funny because the last few people that I've dated, the what a woman has said to me in our relationship is exactly like the less it's like God was telling me the lesson through them, but they thought that they were like a leg up on me. One girl said to me, well, you know, the devil is just a wolf in sheep's clothing. And she kept saying that to me. And she ended up being the wolf in sheep's clothing in our relationship. And I started to realize that. And I was like, oh, my God, she keeps saying it like she's not the wolf. And then in this last relationship, she was like, you know, this girl was like, you know, the last guy I dated, the highs are so high, the lows were so low, but the highs, you know, you were living for them. So I feel like in a very unique way, God is not sending me the message through like a burning bush or a roaring cloud. He's literally sending it through their mouth. And and if you just listen and take what they say, it's like, it's like the last time we talked about when somebody tells you you deserve better, you do. They're actually telling you the message, right? Like she's probably giving you the messages and you're not picking up on the vibe. Well, yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, they would look like she looked me in the eye and said, you deserve better. Oh my God. Again, that's a cop out and you do. And the thing is any, any time a man or a woman, and this is how I am now. If you look at me first date, 10 years in, I don't care. If you look at me and you go, you know what? Why don't you just go be with somebody else? If you actually loved me and wanted to be with me, you wouldn't even put that idea in my head because it, it would, it would, I mean, if you really love somebody, you never, you would never say that to them because you would never want to lose. I don't go to the businesses I work with and say, Hey, well, you know, if you like me as a business, you should probably go be with some other business that's better than my business because why put that in their head? Why would I tell one of my closest friends? Oh, if you think we're brothers, well, this guy down the street, Tim, he's pretty cool. He's probably a better brother than I am. You should go be brothers with him. So, you know, it's like, it does McDonald's, you know what? McDonald's across the street to Burger King because I'm sure their burgers are better than us. Every guy who's ever said something like that to me, you're right. Every guy who's ever said something like that to me in the past, like I think back to it now, they were totally cheating on me. They were looking for a way out. 
like we're fighting because probably I found out something I wasn't supposed to know. Right. So we're fighting and I'm like, you know what? Like go be with somebody else or you deserve better. Da, da, da. I'm like, now in hindsight is 2020 looking back. Yeah. They did want me to go be with somebody else. Now they physically, they were thinking to themselves like, wait, if she goes and be with somebody else in a few more days, like I'm going to be pissed about it. Right. But in the moment they just want out of that fight. They're like, go, you know, it's funny. I read something today. I think I reposted it. Um, and it said, love is not hard. People are hard. Yeah. And it says hard to understand, hard to hold it onto, hard to let go of, hard to forget, but hard to love. And it's true. I mean, I feel like yeah. people make relationships so hard. It's not hard to love somebody and to love them. But I will tell you where I think that this is wrong is that if it's not the right person, it's not the right person. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it. People try to overlove somebody and they don't really have a connection. It's like what, you know, you can't, you can't pull the rabbit out of the hat. You just can't do it. You're not a magician. You can't do it. Well, and to bring it all full circle, the girl I was talking about with her sister, I was trying to overlove her for her lack of love toward me. I was trying to compensate for her because Mm -hmm. she was constantly trying to find a way out, find something wrong with us find how we're not going to work out. And I kept trying to love her through it. And one of the last things she said to me was, I got to get off the phone because if I stay on long enough, you'll talk me back into staying. And I was like, that's not what I'm here for. I'm here to tell you who I am and I'm here for you to be who you are. But she judged me from the moment that she met me because I had been married. And the, I want to tell people this too. I want this to be a PSA for some of you all out there. Hopefully all of you out there that are listening and watching. If you've been married and it didn't work out because of the both of you, because of her, him, whatever. If you've been married and you realize that it's better to not be married to that person for the sanctity and protection of your life, for your safety, for your health, for your peace, If anyone, friend, stranger, somebody you're dating, family member, if any single person out there or group of people makes you feel bad, insignificant, or wrong for leaving an unhealthy situation, do yourself a favor and stop talking to that person until they can get their crap together. Because when I got divorced and I walked away, the level of harassment I got from total strangers that were female was insane. And by the in there, and they didn't know the story. And then by the was it t- like listeners, what'd you say? Was it like listeners? No, no. Uh, but but it's like when I went out and I was like, okay, you know, I'm gonna try dating again. And, oh, from you telling them you're divorced. Yeah. And so the level of harassment I took by being a divorced man, feeling like I had to defend myself. And by the time I defended myself, when somebody turned around and goes, oh. Well, now that I know that they cheated, now I'm okay with it. And I'm like, I'm not okay with it because I don't believe any person on this planet should have to defend who they are. And when you have to defend who you are, you're around the wrong people. You should be able to just be you and that should be good enough. And so if anybody's watching or listening to this, that's left a relationship, that's left a fiance, left a husband, wife, whatever, friendship, family members that were toxic. If you got yourself out of a bad situation and somebody is trying to make you feel bad about it. And the, what would Jesus do? A lot of women did that to me after they would like abuse me. They're like, well, what would Jesus do? Jesus would accept me no matter how many times I abuse you. 
I'm like, no, I've ever heard in my life. I was like, Jesus will love you because you are in his family. But Jesus most certainly would not tell me to have a heart attack by being with someone who's out, out of their mind, insane and being rude. And I think that people need to hear this and you need to hear me clear on this because I have had I have walked away from friendships, family members and relationships romantically. If somebody is toxic, walk away. Yeah, I know it may not be easy but walk away. And anybody who tries to make you feel bad for doing right by your health and your well-being is not a friend, is not a family member, is not a loved one. I don't care who they are. I don't care how close they are to you. There is not a person on this planet or anything anywhere that deserves to tell you that you are the scum of the earth because you made a decision to take care of yourself and protect yourself. And I felt that, and I never thought in a million years getting divorced that I would feel just kind of pigeonholed in this place. And I can't tell you how many women said, well, what did you do to her? And I kept defending myself until I got to a point where I said, you don't deserve to know my story because it's my story. And I don't need to tell you my story and all those women that I defended myself to, none of them are here. So, you know, I I just want people to know that go to bed, put your head on the pillow. And if you know you're a good person and you're doing things the right way, do not feel compelled to defend yourself and to try and make people believe your side of the story. Because if I told you both sides of my marriage, if she was honest with herself, she would have probably told you that there was nothing to fight for. So. Well, here's the thing. I think because you are so religious, like you may be being judged at a different level than the average person. Yeah. Because I think divorce is so common now. It's almost surprising that that that's the case. But just by the way you're speaking, I imagine it's a lot to do with like religion and, you know, death to us part and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just I don't think it's that common to be that uh, I, I don't judged yeah. now are people going to judge of course I mean listen you know I've said this before I said it again Disney paints a picture of and I know you love Disney but Disney paints a picture of white picket fence life and you know yeah. these damsel in distress girls who get rescued by a prince and all they ever wanted was to be with the prince and be married and da 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 da, da. and so naturally when somebody thinks that a man has left a relationship, they're going to assume the man is being uh, narcissistic or, or cheating or all these other things. I just think that unfortunately that is a societal thing that we're still very much dealing with is that people do not grant men the, a level of sympathy that they grant women in a divorce. They just don't. And I know men who've been cheated on who now are happily remarried to somebody else. But, you know, I read something one day that said, I think that everybody deserves two marriages. The first one, you don't know what you're doing. The second one, you know exactly what you're doing and you know exactly what you're looking for. So it's like, I mean, I hate for you that you've been judged, but I think that that is your surroundings and and your religion and things like that. I, I know a lot of wonderfully happy people that, we're just in a bad marriage. What it doesn't mean that the person was toxic or that they did anything bad to them. It just means that they were not really a fit. And maybe at 20 years old or 30 years old, they were a fit, but then at 40, they weren't. What for whatever reason. So 
if I, I'm a firm believer outside of religion, outside of everything else, I'm a firm believer that if something is no longer the right decision for you, and if something is not making you genuinely happy as a person and you cannot thrive in your own life, YOLO, you get one life. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got to make that decision. And for you and your ex-wife, you didn't have kids involved. I mean, I don't understand what the big problem was. Yeah. You know, and that, I mean, what's the big deal? Right. And that, and my thing was that I had made a promise that obviously know, but... wasn't that important to her. And, you it's know, made up. it's a man-made thing. It's made up. And, and the thing for me that, I mean, I wouldn't be who I am today. I can tell you if I was still married to her now, you and I wouldn't be on this show because she, because she would be offended and afraid of you. And, and, you know, and I remember one time. Very common, by the way, in my life for women to be that way, but keep going. <laughs> but no, but I thought it was really funny. This one time I had a, I had a woman on my show that she considered attractive and she was like, I know you're cheating on me with this girl. I had never met this girl. She it was like virtual. She lived in a different state. Yeah. We were, we did one phone call one time and she was a fan of the same team I was a fan of. So we interacted and I remember that she set me up that her friend who came over to my house, who also hated men, uh, her friend came over to the house. They locked, she, my ex-wife locked me in the backyard, set me up with this girl who spent 30 minutes on my porch that I pay for telling me you cheated with this girl. We know you cheated. We found you out. They finally let me back into the house. And I looked at my wife at the time and I said, do not ever put me in that situation. And I said, if I had sex with her, I wish I know what it felt like. So the next time I do it, I hope I remember it since yeah. I didn't do it. But the funniest thing about that situation is her friend treated men terribly, was outrageously evil in a lot of ways. And then she ended up cheating on me. So my ex-wife. So to me, I mean, I look back on that and I said, what was your, and I remember asking her friend, I said, what's your reasoning that I cheated? She said, well, come on, Dan, she's attractive. Me and your wife know that. I said, okay, well, do you consider yourself attractive? And she looked at me because I knew she had an ego. I said, do you consider yourself attractive? And she looked at me and I said, well, if your whole basis that I'm cheating is that I'm talking to an attractive woman, well, you're an attractive woman. We're back here by ourselves right now. So I must be cheating with you right now. Correct. Because if you're attractive and I'm talking to you, then I'm cheating on my wife right in front of her face. And that's when she finally shut up. And that's when I finally got back in the house. But I just, I need men to know. I grew up thinking whenever relationships ended, it's because men cheated, men are pigs, men are all about sex, men, men, men are the problem. And the older I've gotten in my life, I have realized that it is not men. It is not women. There are people that are selfish, egomaniacs, that are narcissistic, and they treat people as objects. And in today's world of social media, when a lot of things to people are transactional, everybody's like moving money in a bank account. It's like, yes, there are good people out there. And yes, we get taken advantage of. And no, we don't owe you anything. But the thing that I finally found peace with is how do I deal with somebody playing the martyr and going out into the world and telling their fake story when I have the real story inside of me? And what I realized is you don't have to bury anybody. They'll bury themselves eventually. Well, and, and ultimately it doesn't matter. Right. Because I'm not going to even know when they do because I'm not around. Right. 
Right. I mean, it really doesn't matter what they tell people. If that makes them feel great, then whatever. But I mean, you're going to be the villain in somebody's story. Yeah. And that's what somebody told me a long time ago is remember, like you have the chance of always showing up as the villain in someone's story. I mean, yeah. to the last person I dated, I would have to be the villain in her story because if she ever told any of her friends the truth, if any of those people are good people that really care about her, they'd be like, honey, you cheated on them. You lied to them. You drove them crazy. You threatened right. to kill yourself. This man should have run a long time ago. Right. So, I mean, and it was funny because her, one of her closest friends, after we broke up, that friend who I've never met in person, she reaches out to me. She congratulates me on everything publicly on social media. She's proud of this. She's wow. proud of that. Happy birthday to your dad. And I'm sitting here and I said to my mom, I go, why would her closest friend support me after all these months after we broke up and God only knows what she said to her. And my mom said, because if she's a good person and she knows her friend, she probably knows exactly who she is. Right. I agree with that. You know? I agree with that. So, I mean, it is a battlefield. They say love is a battlefield. There are landmines everywhere. And it's, it's, you know, Andrea, it's been a really tough experience for me and I'm happy for you. And, and I know that you've been Thanks. through a lot. It's a very tough experience. And people say, why do you share it publicly? And it's because I, I want people to not jump off the ledge. I don't yeah. want them to cut their wrists. I don't want them to shelter themselves in a room and stay away from everybody. I don't want them to cry every night. I don't want them to throw up every day. You know, I think a lot of people need to hear pain so they know that they're not alone. But I will tell you this, Andrea, as, as much as my heart is open, it is very, very difficult in today's world to see what I consider Gotham City in Batman, a world on fire. Yeah. And there was a statement that Alfred made to Batman when Batman said, why is the Joker doing this? You know, the Joker is killing total strangers, creating this chaos seemingly for no reason. And right. I'll never forget Alfred's line because I think I've experienced it. He said, and he says it some men, but let's talk about it as humans. He says, some men can't be bought, reasoned with, or negotiated. Some men just want to watch the world burn. And it's very hard for a person who believes in love. Yeah. You know, I'm very open in everything I do. And two mics, no filter. There is no filter. My my complete and honest truth is I will believe in love forever. Yeah. Well, it's out I, there. I, you know I'm, what I mean? It's, it's out there. Yeah. People are falling in love every day. But the thing is, is like, as much as I believe in it, I've grown very exhausted of looking for it, I think. I I would agree. I mean, I would, like I told you, I mean, I don't know uh, if, if I was not married to Josh, I probably would be single because I just don't know how, and I don't mean single like dating. I mean like single, single, like home, you know, alone and girlfriends and stuff like that. But like I, the dating world is it, every friend I have that like shares their stories, they're all crazy like they're all wild and it's just so weird because for the most part the people that I know that are on these websites like they really do want a relationship and it's like 
why is it so complicated? I, it's just bizarre to me because when people join these websites, like typically they're looking to meet somebody. It's like, if everybody wants the same thing, why is it so hard? Other than the fact that it takes a lot of time to go out with people and find out they're not the one. <laughs> Transactional because people are looking for a quick fix. They're looking to feel a spark on the first day. Right. They're looking to... You know, I could tell the last date that I went on, I could tell on that date in the first 10 minutes, I think we, you and I talked about it when she was big into drinking and I wasn't, I could yeah. feel her just totally, I could feel the moment that I was like, I don't really drink. If I drink anything, I don't like it to taste like liquor. I like it to be sweet. I like Moscato. You know, I said, I'm a big kid. I could tell in my answer to her drinking question that there was no way in hell that she wanted anything to do with me. And that was in 10 minutes. And I just, I just remember sitting there thinking, Dan, this is ridiculous. Just go home. And, and, but that's the thing about dating is it's not going on a dating site is not opening yourself up to a world full of angels. It's opening. It's like, it's like cutting a hole into hell and just looking at all those demons down there and, and to me, it's like, I have been on dating sites a million times. I'm off of all of them. I told match to keep their money. I said, y'all keep the money because the for me, girl did you a favor though? And she did herself a favor too, because I, I mean, I drink socially. Um, like if I'm going to go out, out, I want to drink. Like if I like, and I mean, out, like if I'm going to be out late, we don't have the kids. I'm out on a girl's night. We're going to clubs, whatever. And I know people are going to be like, she's 40. What is she talking about? <laughs> but I like to, I like to go out. I mean, I was a good party girl back in the day. So if I'm going to get dressed all up, then I want to go out and I want to drink. And I can remember a friend of mine when she was dating, she like one of my best friends, actually, when she was on those sites, like meeting, she met a guy that she liked a lot, but he was, he had stopped drinking completely. Like yeah. over the years, like alcoholic, whatever had stopped drinking. And I remember thinking to her, thinking to myself, it will never work because you are not an alcoholic and you like to drink. And it's like me, I don't drink at home. My husband works for a liquor company. I don't drink at home. Neither does he. We have tons of liquor. We literally can have a party every single day and still have liquor left over. However, we don't drink at home. That's just, we're not, we're not people who want to just drink because right? We care about our bodies, all that stuff. But I will admit, like, if I'm going to go out, I'm going to go all in. You know what I mean? I'm not going to have a social drink one. That's a waste of calories. I'm going all in. I want to be drunk. I want to be tipsy, the whole thing, right? So if I was single and a guy said to me that he didn't drink at all, well, I could, I would do you a favor there too. And I would say, hey, it's probably not going to work because I like to go out and I don't want to be limited. Like, I don't want to be with somebody that I feel like can't drink because they're a previous alcoholic or something. You know what I mean? Well, that's the thing. Or will judge me. But I realize that too, is I don't want to date a woman who was an alcoholic. You know, I don't want to date somebody who's oh. like, I don't, I don't drink now because, you know, I'm terrified of, of going back to that person I was. I don't, I don't like addictive personalities you know like I, yeah, I, don't, I don't i mean i feel bad saying this because there's probably great people out there who have been to whatever rehabs or whatever they need to but i agree i think that you are playing with fire with anybody who is a previous addict of anything well because the, the thing is is there's always that you know okay oh put it perfect example 
my ex-wife was an alcoholic. When we got together, she's like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. And she told, and again, here she is. Like, I can't tell you how many times God told me run through the voice of the person I was with. Her words to me were, when I went to AA, they said, if you drink every Saturday, you're an alcoholic. If you don't drink on weekdays, but you drink on weekends, you're an alcoholic. And if you do any type of consistent drinking, like, oh, I only drink after dinner. Oh, I only drink when I'm home. Oh, I only drink when I'm on a Saturday. That you have some level of alcoholism because you have a commitment to the alcohol. And I remember, and it never hit me until after she left, I was talking to my parents and I was like, for the last few weeks, she's been drinking the whole time she was at home. She drank from five o'clock to 11 o'clock. She had a glass of wine at dinner, a glass of wine watching TV and a glass of wine by the bed. The glass, the last, when she left, left, her glass of wine was still next to the bed. And I just, I didn't, I didn't see it. I didn't want to see it. And, but for me, and listen, anybody that's, that's a recovering alcoholic of anything, I commend you. I applaud you. I support you. And I am holding your hand. I want you to beat this thing and I am by your side. And I have tried many times to help people beat alcoholism, uh, food addiction, trust when I tell you that I've tried to be an advocate for people to be healed and be well. Mm -hmm. I, so I mean, don't disrespect by saying, I don't know if I could date somebody who would be in that situation because in my attempts to date three different women that were toying with alcoholism, none of those situations ended up good for me. And all of them led to me seeing some really dark places that I do not want to see. It was scary. Yeah. It was scary. Yeah. All of my good stuff is really great. <laughs> like, it's like, like we only go out like once in a while, but when we do, we have a great time. So I can't, <laughs> I don't have any, I don't have any like negative for it, but I I'm with you. I mean, but that's the other I don't, side. I, I'm on the other opposite side of that. I don't want to be limited by somebody. Like I don't want to be, dealing with somebody who couldn't be around me drinking. I don't drink. I'm really painting a bad picture here because I only drink if I had go out like a girl's night and that's like every few months, you know what I mean? But I definitely have no problem being drunk. You know, like, I mean, like I have no problem getting to that point. And like, I, I love a good drunk drunk. Andrea is a good time. Okay. (laughs) It is a good time. So I, you know, but my, my thing is if I was single, I wouldn't want to be with somebody who was limiting me on that because that's who I am. I want to have fun. I want to do those things once in a while with my friends and let loose, you know? So anyway, she did you a favor because she likes to drink and you would never, she's clearly like when you asked me or when you told me that story about how that she was like, what kind of, what's your favorite drink or whatnot? Like, she's probably like a craft beer girl who like knows all about that kind of stuff. And she's probably just a social drinker, but you're not into it. So it would have never been something to connect over. I could feel judgment from her. Like, oh, he's not a man because he likes sweet stuff. And I was Honestly, like, I don't know. She might've just been kind of like, it was she might've a- been like, I wonder if there's an underlying issue to why he doesn't drink. Because when somebody tells me they don't drink, my immediate reaction in my mind is, is there a reason? Like, can you not handle it? Like, what's the reason? I, I said I just like different stuff. But there was like a bunch of different moments of judgment where it got to a point where I was like, if I ever dated this girl, every time I would order like a hard cider, it would be like a little like 
giggle and like a hit to her friend, like, look at this lightweight over here. And I didn't want that. She eventually loved about you that you always had a fruity fun drink. Right. But the her response to me was not that way. It was like, oh, you know, and I was just like, okay, well, you know, because the thing is, I used to think I used to associate drinking with horrible stuff because it's what I experienced. And then I was around a bunch of friends when I was working in Pennsylvania and I went out with my clients and I had made a lot of good relationships with my, with my client to this day. And so there was uh, three of them that went out from one of the businesses that I work with and they invited me out. They said, we're going to show you what it's like to be around a bunch of people that drink. And we're going to show you a positive side to it. Like that. Not everything is this horrible, dark cloud, ominous story. And I went out with them and they drank. I had a little bit. I did like my first shot or whatever with them. We, I didn't get drunk. I didn't get buzzed. I didn't get anything, you know? And we like, I was with them for hours and then I went out with them again. And I just remember sitting there in the chair outside going, they're totally fine. They're normal. They're not bothering anybody. They're not bothering me. We're laughing. We're having a good time. I don't feel like I'm taking care of anybody. And they, and I will always appreciate them for showing me the other side because all I knew all I knew was like, I knew the crazy side. That's all I knew. Right. And I understand that. Like there's, I understand that, but I mean, like I said, I mean, I'll be the first to admit and anybody from, this is why I could, I could never run for like a political office. Not that I would ever want to, but I could never <laughs> run for a political office because I, I was a, a party girl. You know what I mean? Like people, they'd be digging up pictures. They'd be digging up MySpace pictures. Like it's no tomorrow. I would be, I would be thrown under the bus. Let me tell you. Okay. I would be thrown out, ballot out. Because I do like to have a good time. And, you know, obviously I'm a mom of two. I'm career, fitness. Like I don't get out much. But when I do, I like to get out. Yeah. See, but the thing is, is that I can enjoy and appreciate those times. Right. Like, I feel like if we like I like being around you, getting to know you, I feel like if you were around, like if I was, I would be fine. Like, I don't think you would bother me at all. And I don't think I would bother you if I had two and I'm done no. because I've learned in that world. Like, I think I would have a really good time with you and, yeah. and be out there and just be like, oh yeah, we're all just having a good time. Yeah. But, but I, I think, Girls that, night. what'd you say? Girls night. <laughs> yeah. So, so I honestly think that I, we would be fine, but it's, it's when people take it personally on their end of the spectrum or they want or like somebody's trying to figure me out they're like oh well, you dated an alcoholic so that's why i'm like no that's not why well you were hit by a drunk driver so that's why no that's not why i just don't really like to do it and my ex-wife had said to me she's like well you're you're not fun we have different definitions of fun you just don't go out you're not exciting and i was like i go out all the time i just don't go out and get drunk and hang on, you know, and hang onto like the coat rack at the bar and think that it's a human being and have a full blown conversation with the hat rack like that. That is the difference between me and her, because she was like, well, you're not fun. And I was like, you're the only person that thinks that you're just you want to get drunk. I don't want to be there because when she got drunk, it was embarrassing. It was to the point where I genuinely was like beside myself sitting in a car with her. Like, I didn't even want people to know I was with her. And that to me is a difference between her and going out with my friends and they drank way more than she did. And I had a fantastic time with them and we just laughed the whole night. So. Right, right, right. 
Well, I mean, listen, you guys weren't compatible. And I, I feel like next time, once you decide to get back on the dating sites, I'd really like to, before you went on a date, I would love to vet these people. Like, I would love for you to share, this is who I'm thinking of asking on a date. I'm not going we to. Talked, here's this person's interest based off their page. And I'm going to tell you if I think it's bullshit and those aren't their interests. And I'm going to tell you if we should pursue this further. And I say we, because... I am really hoping that we can find you someone who is not insane. Okay. I'm going to end it on this note. I am not going to get on the dating sites because they're insane. What I'm going to say to you is you said you're a great matchmaker. I am. I'm going to, I'm going to allow you to help me and make us a we here. You can help matchmake me, but okay. I'm going to put it on you with people that, you know, I'm not touching the dating site. You want to matchmake for me? You have a green light. We're not doing okay. That okay, Floridians, Floridian yeah. women, yeah. Syracuse, New York women. If I know you and you're single and you're interested, hit me up. <laughs> that coming from Andrea. Two mics, no filter ever. Ah, I was so on. I'm always honest, but today's show, I just like felt it all on my shoulders. Jeepers Christmas. So I got I right, right at one point. What'd you say? I started getting emotional on us. No, I'm not going to. No, I'm good. But uh, we, had, <laughs> we had a good time. We had fun as always. Two mics, no filter. Find it on Wake Up Call exclusively. Andrea Smith, myself, Dan Tortora. We'll talk with you very soon. Andrea, as always, thank you for your time. Thank you. Bye, guys.